This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue, followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. Sprite, thirst for yours. holiday season yeah it's feeling good out there we got another special guest in the building oh no, wait that, how was uh oh how was uh your thing the jump the jump oh yeah man so if i sound like i'm struggling right now it's because i am um we celebrated a birthday party um and it was at spider monkey this <laughs> this one's free it was a trampoline place where they got like the american ninja warrior type jig and we were like drinking apple juice that wasn't apple juice. It was lots of Hennessy, and, <laughs> and we was falling, and we got hurt a lot, and Sounds it was like fun. Kind of apple juice, yeah. But my body hurts, man. My soul hurts. That wasn't a kids party. It definitely was not a kids party. You, you snapped something. I saw someone's legs like twenty feet in the air. Was that really a person, or you just ah uh, niggas was drunk? So if it was, I <laughs> we didn't say that he was he was on his own. You said this dude was wilding, and all I saw was like. like 40 feet in the air was just like a pair of feet just dangling. It's fun, though, man, which uh, brings me to this topic. Like, adults, y'all got to find fun stuff to do sometimes. Because that was cool. Just get all your friends and go jump on trampolines. That type of stuff is fun, man. Yeah, I was just uh, rubbing shoulders with all the people in the club last night. So Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, what else, <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on in the world, bro? Let's see. What do we, what do we want to cover? Let's do our, our recap real quick. Okay. Um... Recently, Nipsey Hussle signed with Atlantic Records. How you feel about that? You know, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's only so much that you can do independently. Right. And I think that having a label behind you... I mean, I know Jay-Z said, y'all still signing deals for real. Still. But, but it, I think it depends on the type of deal, though. Was it like a partnership, or was it a distribution deal, or was it a deal? You know, I don't think I don't think the details are out about it just yet. Mm. So we shall find out. And this was also coming from a rapper who owns a label yeah, and signs artists to his label. So it's a smart business move. So, And I mean, if you heard one of our previous episodes with our man Drew Grant from Atlantic, yeah. it makes you look at things a little differently from that side. So I don't know. Get your money, Nip. Yeah, especially having, nip a, the crib. having a company that invests in you <laughs> and, you know, instead of being regionally known or nationally known, take yeah. you to that international Sometimes you just need that monster behind you. Anybody that wants to sponsor Life is Dope podcast, and it takes you to that next. It takes you to that next level for real. Yeah, maybe we'll see Nipsey in some Target commercials, or I don't want to see that, or Sprite, and then they got to turn the Target logo blue. <laughs> I don't want to see that shit. All right, <laughs> no, stick to Reeboks classics and shit. Ooh, the Avengers Infinity Wars trailer. How do you feel about that? Nerd moment. I watched that trailer like seventeen times. 
that trailer was better than the Justice League movie. The whole movie? <laughs> yes, the trailer <laughs> was better than the Justice League movie. See, we were having we were having this debate offline, mm-hmm. and listen. Just for y'all no. don't know, if this before he talks, if you never like really listen to us or know us, we're kind of some nerds, low key. Yeah, I mean, I'm a gangster, I still clap y'all ass, but I like I like cartoons and shit too. But yeah, tell them what we're arguing about, so everybody. I was gonna say, argue. yeah, how graffiti is a gangbanger <laughs> and a nerd like that. Well, not gangbanger. Yeah, come on, allegedly gangster. Yeah, allegedly. Don't say banger. Don't <laughs> <laughs> be banging because you know. Yeah, yeah. Honorary. Yeah, but go ahead, bro. <laughs> But um, yeah, we were having this debate about Gal Gadot being uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. So check this out. Um, how can I say this non-offensively? Um, I had a list. I don't think you can. Yeah, I can't. So I probably won't say it. But I had a list of reasons why the the Justice League was just okay. Um, I liked it, but Ben Affleck is really weenie, and he should not be Batman because like he he just looks so stressed out all the time. Like, <laughs> His face is just naturally stressed. That's like, when I see Batman, I want to see wealth and like power. His nigga's just a drunk. But like. he's the older Batman. He's, he's the older Batman. I don't like want the, that Batman, man. I want like you know, Dark Knight got us spoiled. Yeah, he's not Dark Knight Batman. He's yeah. like Dark Knight Returns. But even Batman. when he's not Batman, he's Ben Affleck. Like I didn't even see Bruce Wayne. I seen Ben Affleck. <laughs> I want to see that shit. And so there's that. And then there was the fact that Aquaman had to be like overly macho because we know Aquaman is like. This is the part where it gets offensive. Shout out to all my people out there. Uh, uh, Aquaman is like naturally the gayest superhero that was ever invented. So they had to make this nigga like super Spartan Aquaman. But he, and, and I get that he's like badass. I get that. But come on. But bro. here's the thing it was the 70s when they made like a lot of these characters. So of course they were all kind of corny. Yeah. But nah. I mean, Aquaman, bruh, you talk to fishes. And like, you Aquaman. Come on, you're mermaid. But it's also what's his name, Jason Momoa. Yeah, so like that's what I'm saying. So like you, the whole so you movie, you have to capitalize on the fact that the dude is just he's buff. He got he has long. The hair. whole movie though, like every time they show, bro, it was slow motion. I don't his know hair. If they made his eyes extra green like, for the movie. Man, is this nigga Fabio? What are y'all doing, bro? I was mad uncomfortable. Hey, women, they, they have to appeal to the uh, female audience or male audience that like men audience. Oh, man, I, I didn't get it. And then. The Flash was cool, Flash but was he cool. really felt like Peter Parker to me. Why was this nigga tripping so much? He was on acid. That's why he was moving so fast. No, but, no, not tripping, tripping, but like tripping, oh. like, <laughs> like physically, like tripping over his own. Oh yeah, because slip. They or, try to make him like the relatable character, and that shit was weenie. Um, what else was weenie about that one? Oh yeah, so Cyborg, like okay. the brother in the movie, was like mad serious. He was dope. He was dope, but he was like mad serious. Like brothers is funny. Like let him be a little funny. They didn't want him. But don't let, don't get me wrong. The movie was cool. Y'all probably seen it by now. But and then there was reasons why I think there should be a different Wonder Woman. But and I'm the, gonna leave that alone. The CGI was CGI was crazy. Like yeah, not cra- not, cra- not crazy good. How you feel about Wonder Woman? We'll let you discuss it. You know, I think that women love no you. Gal Gadot slander shall be tolerated on in my presence. Mm-hmm. So Gal Gadot, for y'all that don't know, she's the one that's Wonder Woman, the the actress. Um, I said if you're going to be Wonder Woman, some of your physical features need to be enhanced a little bit because you're a big ass Amazonian. She's five ten. I know, bro, but don't make me say what I said in our in our chat. That she wasn't buff enough. I didn't say buff, but muscular. Y'all get what I'm getting at? There are just certain features that should have been a little bit bigger because you're <laughs> Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, like you're Wonder Woman, like oh, oh you talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not getting slandered. That's not. <laughs> that doesn't. That doesn't mean like just because you're a superhero, you don't have to have you know super titties. Yeah. 
Fuck it, y'all got it now. I don't know, but let's see. What else is going on? Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Infinity War. We just <laughs> That's what we were supposed to be talking about. Yo, that trailer was so lit. Yeah, man. I'm Listen, ready for Black Panther, though. Take all my money. Y'all excited to see Black Panther? Yes. Cool. For the culture. We losing the, uh, the culture right now. <laughs> what else is going on? <laughs> like this nigga said, Wonder Woman needed bigger titties. Arguing over a Gal Gadot. Yeah, oh man, we losing it. What else is going on? Um, man, I just want to, I just want to talk about this trailer. What's the dopest part about that trailer? Uh, ooh, do you think they're they're going? Who do you think they're going to kill off? I hope they kill Captain America. Because I hear they're killing off like, hey, that'd be a wild statement to the world if they killed Captain America in this time of crisis. <laughs> That shit'd be wild. I don't know if I want to entertain That'd be a statement. And then Black Panther take a knee in the movie. Knee <laughs> <laughs> over Captain America's Yo. shield. Yo, Yo, Marvel cut a check. Oh That'd be a statement. Spike Lee hop on that shit. Man. <laughs> what happened? Tallahassee Coates. Tallahassee Coates? That's our producer, Julius. That's the dude who writes Black Panther. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They got to all take a knee in that movie. Are we, are we off knee We don't do that on there? Are we still knee We done? Are we done? Brandon said no. Nah. Oh, yeah, Brandon Marshall said they still. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, hey. It's, <laughs> That's what we doing. Hey, still, hey, hey, B. Marsh is the uh, uh, Colorado ambassador for taking the knees. So yeah, so we got to rock with whatever he's doing. Cool, man. What else is going on in the world so we can get to our guest? Because I'm sure she got some things to say about these things. Too. Yo, shout out to, I don't, I'll never say this, mm. but shout out to Applebee's. <laughs> I see y'all doing this uh, $1 Long Island. Listen, that takes oh. me back. Oh, see. Oh, see, yep. Uh-uh. Yeah, what do you think Early about that? Days. I mean, I, I try to there. stay away from Long Islands, and making them a dollar is not a good thing. Yeah, that was back when I was like 23 and just getting shit. Dollar Long right. Island? But it's Applebee's, though. And now that I'm 25, like, I just can't. You 25? Yeah. Yep. Um, In- industry age. We just pass it up. <laughs> uh, are they the ones that did the dollar margaritas? Yeah. Those are trash. The water readers? Those are trash. So if it's just not a strong island, I don't even want it. I mean, it's probably not going to be a strong island. It's probably just going to be like some Coke and some water. <laughs> coke, coke water and a, a splash of rubbing alcohol sky vodka yeah well shout out that would be cut us a check or something hey, what any, else we got anyway it's still lit uh, T-Pain alright hold up let's introduce the guest so she okay. can get in on this comment alright <laughs> alright so we got a special guest in the building today a very special guest yeah um, Emmy Award winning mm. journalist hmm Hold on, rewind. Emmy Award winning journalist. Not a... Never mind. Whoever I was going to... I'm not going to... He was about to diss somebody for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bro. My bad. My bad. Let's not do that. But Emmy Award winning journalist. She does so much for media and in the community. Let's go ahead and give it up for Gabrielle Bryant. to be here thank you guys oh yeah no doubt no doubt so for the people who don't know who are you what do you do so like you said my name is gabrielle bryant i'm an emmy award-winning producer and i've um been a journalist for about five or so years Um, i'm a denver native and i i mean i love everything about producing and telling stories and you know helping other people heal through the power of storytelling okay so why did you win that emmy 
So I won the Emmy for a show that I work on every week called Colorado Inside Out. It's a public affairs program that invites um, journalists, former legislators, um, political analysts to talk about the news topics of the week. It's been on for 25 years, so that's super historical. And so it's the longest running um, television show in Colorado. Wow. Um, and yeah, so we won that for a special edition. We do every year a Time Machine episode where we do this show in the same format, mm-hmm. but we take it back to some year i think the year we won was 1916 so um it's interesting it's fun because i get to get into politics and it helped to expose me to a world that i didn't really know much about before nice nice 25 years that's an accomplishment yeah it's crazy and i've been producing the show for about five years wow it's cool because people you know won't really know that i'm the voice behind the show in a way Mm -hmm. i write the content for the show i um book the guests for the show and then i do the day of producing so um, I don't host it, but it is like my baby. Yeah. How did that come about? Like, how did the opportunity <clears throat> So, um, the show airs on Colorado Public Television, which is one of the PBS stations in town. <laughs> and I have been working at PBS. I've been there since 2010. Um, and so, through one of the many things that I produced, that was one of the shows that I happened to work on. Wow. So, I still produce that, too. Yeah. And I know that um, one of the things that the administration had taken shots at was like PBS and public television and talking about how they shouldn't spend money on that. Um, Why would, why is uh, PBS relevant? Why is it necessary? I mean, I think PBS is always relevant because it babysits a lot of people's kids for one. And it's, you know, really good content. Um, It allows for the community to get a different perspective that isn't normally covered on commercial television And PBS is dope. I mean, for me, it was a space where I was able to um, try a bunch of different things creatively, invite guests that I wouldn't have been able to normally. I think PBS, you need that um, in the media landscape, especially because mainstream media is shrinking. So the more voices that you have, um, it creates a better space for more dialogue and, you know, just to expand our minds. And growing up, I didn't have cable, so PBS was lit. Right. Arthur. (laughs) Arthur was my show. Magic School Bus. uh, Big Red Dog. All the Arthur memes. That was was PBS. That was PBS. I remember that was a big deal because it's like, man, y'all trying to kill Big Bird? That's crazy. What did Mm. Big Bird ever do to you? Right. Yeah, so Sesame Street's not on PBS anymore, right? I don't know. You know what? I think HBO. HBO? That's what I thought, yeah. I I thought I was bugging. I was like, why is Sesame Street on HBO of all channels? I know, that's weird. Like, ain't that Taxi Cab Confessions? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Like, y'all gonna put those on the same same channel? (laughs) I mean, HBO also has uh, kids programming. They do. But they ain't PBS. They ain't PBS. So, until HBO cut that check. Yeah, man. So, shouts to PBS. PBS We need y'all in the community. For sure. So, how long have you been in the journalism media game? So <clears throat> I got my degree in broadcast journalism and sociology from Metro, the Metropolitan State University of Denver in 2010. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? It's no Harvard, but... Um, <laughs> um, so pretty much as soon as I graduated, I started doing an internship with an... Um, I'd like to call her a journalism legend here, uh, Tamara Banks, mm-hmm. who was on Tamara Channel Banks. 2 Shout and uh, Channel 31. I used to watch her when I was a kid. Um, I reached out to her once I graduated, told her that I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but here's some things that I want to try to accomplish. And so she brought me in um, to PBS, and I just never left um, until earlier this year. Yeah. But, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Now, what 
drove that passion? I mean, like, with your little girl, and you just decided, like, yo, I like to write about things that are happening, yeah. or how did that happen? I'm so glad you asked me that. I like kind of telling this, because I knew I was going to be a journalist from the time I was a little girl. I remember... Um, Is it because you're nosy? <laughs> and like to talk a lot um, and really good at writing too um, but yeah my family used to always say I talk too much that's why they call me Gabby I still talk a lot um, <laughs> but yeah I remember seeing myself on the news a couple times from I don't know take your daughter to work day one day I was on the cover of USA Today um, when I was a kid at the end Dan Rather visited my school McGlone Elementary nice. um, in like the fifth grade and I got to give him a tour of the school and I was, like, all over the news. So when I was a kid, it was more like I was attracted to the attention that I right. I didn't really realize what journalism was. And, in fact, I thought always thought I was going to be a news anchor. And I would show up to work and get my makeup and hair done every day. And it was just going to be awesome. So it started off like that. Um, and then it, as I got older, I was like, oh, I'm a really good writer. And I can listen really well. And it's just, I just always knew I was going to be a journalist. Right. I used to think I was going to be on beat. Yeah, like I was gonna be a VJ on beats, like like see this or like world. MTV or something like that. <laughs> Yo, it's gonna be see this world. <laughs> see this world. What's she doing now? I'm pretty sure she was a cartoon. You know what so. I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, the person that did her voice is a real person. <laughs> What's the cartoon doing now? Yeah. Chilling like her back in, yeah. chilling with Arthur. Yeah, right, <laughs> being a me. See this world, nah. I, I could see you on BT back then. Not now. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that. I was going to end up doing, like, <clears throat> entertainment, which I still do a bit of entertainment, but I'm more focused on the community at this point. Okay, so. why? I mean, not why. <coughs> why the community? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, you, what made you take that route over the entertainment route? Well, I think maybe a part of it was being at PBS. I mean, that's we did a lot of community-based content, and it just kind of made sense. And then I'm active in my community. I care about um, what happens around me, and I realized that there's a lot of my peers who aren't informed about a lot of issues. And so I feel like if I'm able to, it, it isn't that bad now because we're older, but, um, you know, I feel like if I can be that voice and I can be that, uh, you know, liaison, then I can try to lead people. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you're doing it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nice. trying a little bit. I'm trying. <laughs> so in terms of news stories, was there anything that uh, that stuck out in your in your life growing up or something that really inspired you or any sort of topic that was covered? That inspired me to want to do journalism? Mm -hmm. Not really, cuz like I said, it was it started off as more like a glamorizing type thing. I wasn't it was more it was glamorized to me, and I thought that it was going to be something totally different than what it was. And I thought I was going to be making a lot of money, and I'm not. Um, but I love this field, and so I'm going to keep doing it. So I don't have a specific story that I can point back to. But So speaking back on the community, um, we are in Denver, and specifically we are in the Rhino District right now recording this podcast. Mm -hmm. And not too long ago, um, this specific area was kind of blown up in the media for mm -hmm. an event that happened at a uh, ink coffee shop where they put up a very dumb sign. Uh, what did it say? Happily centrifying the neighborhood for 14. Since 2014? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't Nothing know says what gentrification like a cortado. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. Some, some bullshit. So we have type feels about the word gentrification and just the overall vibe of that. Um, where do you sit with this whole situation in Denver right now? I have lots of thoughts about that. Um, so first of all, I used to be a barista. 
Okay. Um, I was a barista for like three or so years at Coffee at the Point, which is you know premier coffee, coffee shop. Point. Yeah, yeah and I liked yeah. you know I love culture. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Community. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even um, say this one's free because right, we right. love y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I have you know just even thinking about even putting a space like Ink Coffee across the street from Crema, which a lot of people hadn't that I know hadn't really visited Crema. But you know that it's not ink. You know it's not like that corporate type feel. Yeah. And so um, I have a you know a special connection to the coffee world in terms of um, you know just supporting local business. When it comes to gentrification, I think this particular sign it isn't. I mean, they just said what is already happening. Right. So it isn't like this is a new thing. And I understand um, why everyone is so upset. I understand that we do need to protest. Um, to bring awareness, if anything else. It may not necessarily change anything. I know that some of the groups that are protesting are demanding things from Ink Coffee, like, you know, you need to take a certain amount of money and give back to the community, or, you know, right. I know Councilman Albus Brooks um, is going to require them to do some diversity training, sensitivity training, and stuff like that. Yeah. But to me, I think we should be focusing our attention on how do we empower the communities that are impacted by gentrification so that this does not continue to happen to us. Um, so instead of, you know, being reactive and getting upset when things things like this start to happen or, you know, it becomes more evident or they just don't care because obviously they don't care. They even thought they said it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a joke in any way. So And when... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, and when gentrification doesn't impact you, it is a joke to you. Right, exactly. And I was a product of the classic style of gentrification. Like, I had, I rented a place on 26th and Downing, who was, it was owned by, it was a series of duplexes that was owned by a black man. It had been in his family for over 50 years. Um, He sold the place um, to a white developer who came in and kind of bought us all out of our leases, and we had to go. And I ended up in Aurora. So I have felt the impacts of gentrification specifically. But the thing is with Five Points slash Rhino, there well, Five Points specifically, especially on Welton Street, mm-hmm. which is where I'm most, I guess, familiar, there's a lot of, um, there's still a lot of black business owners and people who still own spaces there. Um, and there are still some black and Hispanic people there. But if you really think about it, um, black people moved out of Five Points a long time ago because right. it was like, crazy down there and right. they wanted to be in a space where you know places like green valley ranch or aurora where they could have land and you know advance themselves so i'm kind of of the mindset of how can we really be upset about what's happening when we're not doing anything exactly to stop it we're not doing anything to impact our communities and we don't care about it until somebody else comes and fixes it up then we're like oh exactly. what's happening i mean i mean honestly i've been working in five points since 2010 and it hasn't, I mean, I know people describe it as changing drastically. It hasn't changed that much. But, I mean, you have families that walk down the street. It's not mm-hmm. black families or it's not Hispanic families necessarily, but there's families walking down the street. They're actually cleaning the street. Right, right. Um, I think it's dope because you have that juxtaposition. Like, you still have the hustlers out there, like, mm-hmm. shooting craps in the summertime. Like, right. there's still, you know, crips chilling outside the convenience store. And then, um, so, yeah, I mean... I don't want to be the person to say that gentrification is good, and that's not necessarily what I'm saying, but um, redevelopment and developing neighborhoods that have been dormant um, is not necessarily all the way a bad thing. If you can remember and maintain and embrace the history that was there and help the people that are 
right. here because developers have they got plenty of money. Right. It's just like a social social thing that they're just ignoring. Yeah. Right. And I, I agree one hundred percent. And that's kind of my conflict when people get on the whole boycott and pro- protest and all that because there's been this confusion with community and culture mm-hmm. and then the actual business side and like you say redevelopment I get like that side of things you're being displaced or the people that can't afford to live in this neighborhood right. I get that side that's that's the terrible side mm-hmm. but when people are like oh we gotta boycott Rhino let's not call it Rhino this is gonna be the east side forever and they skip over the fact that there's culture here like look at what we're doing right now mm-hmm. right where we are you know what I mean like we're not we're not gentrifying nothing. Right. Right. So you want to get us out of here because of that. And I think there's just this disconnect in communication and people don't realize that we can all help to grow this area together. Like the hood doesn't need to be the hood forever. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I exactly. go anywhere in the city. And like you said, back then it's like, I ain't really, I ain't trying to be in the five points unless right. I need to be, you know what uh-huh. I mean? So we need to say that though. Cause people just want to shy away from that. Especially our people. Like, you can't speak against it, but it's the truth. Like, well, I'm from Montbello, and yeah, so like coming know. to the East Side was like we did not come to the East Side unless we were playing exactly. manual high school, Somebody's and we like would leave after that because it was not really safe. But yeah. I understand what it feels like to get you know to feel left behind, and I think that's what's happening is that we're being left behind. Yeah, that's, but I think you're gonna get left behind unless you figure out how to move forward. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you want to be stuck, then you're gonna be stuck, right. and it's like. When it comes to, like, some of these businesses, you get these mom-and-pop and black-owned businesses, and they're in a position to make a difference. And then, and, and not speaking on all of them, but specific right. ones, you know, you'll, you'll get bad service. Or they'll bring mm-hmm. a crowd that's not necessarily the safest crowd, and they mm-hmm. know they're catering to that crowd. And it's turning away your own people, because we don't even want to be around that shit. So what do you think the city is looking at? That's rough. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> I mean, a dilemma. It, I mean, it's something that's that's twofold, and even uh, Graffiti and I, we, we were talking about this before. It, it's about being able to get people of color involved and getting black and brown people involved so that you're not having these spaces that are just high-concentrated black spaces or high-concentrated Latino spaces and, and really just taking the, the, the audience in the community and spreading it around, so letting people know that, hey, you know, Rhino is... For everybody, not just Rhino and then Cold Crush or Rhino mm-hmm. and then Metal Art or Rhino and then, you know, one particular space. And then I think as you I think as everyone feels a part of the community, then you don't really you don't really have anyone that's that feels left behind or feels right. left out. So mm-hmm. so for one, we have to I think as a as a community, we have to one, not be afraid of venturing out to different places. And then we also have to either let businesses know or teach businesses that it is OK to have black consumers and Hispanic mm-hmm. consumers and people of different nationalities, you know, in, instead of trying to uh, exclude everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how easy that is just because <clears throat> Denver's population of blacks is only 10 percent. Right. And so we're so spread out. Um, I don't I wonder how how easy that is to do. Well, it, it should be easy because at the end of the day, even though we're spread out, we all congregate to uh, congregate to specific areas because mm-hmm. we know that there's some bars or some venues mm-hmm. that don't right, that don't right. that don't cater to us or don't mm-hmm. want us there. So we're you know we we go where we're wanted, right? Which is tragic that Cold Crush closed. Yeah, right. It's kind of tragic for right the culture, honestly. Because right. um, where do you guys go now? Well, see, that's the thing, and that's kind of what we're saying is like. There's so many different things to do. Mm-hmm. It's just like in this area, we just hang out. We'll go 
around and there's so many different little hidden jewels Mm -hmm. and once we get in there and we really hang out and we get to know the owners and the people that work there it's not that they don't want black people or they don't want hip-hop because i mean that's all they play in this whole area you can go to the whitest of white spots and it's Mm -hmm. all hip-hop it's not that they don't want that it's the disconnect of them not knowing how to translate to that crowd Mm -hmm. right you know, when you're in the urban crowd, you know how to translate to urban people. So, like, Cold Crush attracted black people because it was black-owned. You know what I mean? These people out here, and we know this from specific conversations, it's just like, it's not that we don't want you guys. It's that you guys don't think that you can come here. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, you know, mentally, you're just like, we ain't supposed to be in there. That's it. I mean, it's a, I mean, <laughs> it's a, perpetual, it's a perpetual cycle. I mean, we, we think we can't come there, and then there's somewhere we think that we can go there, and f- turns out we can't. Yeah, and that's just speaking on this specific district, because, I right. mean, in all reality, like, when you start moving a little bit more downtown, right. when you hit the market streets and, and all that, there's definitely those spots where it's, like, clear that we don't want y'all here, and that's right. that's known, especially right. in the entertainment district. But when it comes to, like, a Rhino district and the Five Points community, which was historically black, like... I don't think you should ever feel like you're being moved out of your home. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, that's happening, and it's a wrap. Kind yeah. of on five points, we lost it. It's yeah. done. There's a sushi spot there. But yeah. um, but gentrification isn't going anywhere. So correct. So what we need to focus on now is how we can get the bag with them. Yeah, get the <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. We can't go back. We can only go forward. And instead of also like complaining about these spots, like all the hustlers who got money, like. Let's put that money together and like buy up your neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like let's buy up the neighborhood. Like that's what we really should have done. But that's what we need to do. That's what we still can do. Yes. We can come together collectively and put money together. Um actually there's a couple organizations and a couple folks that are around that are doing that. Um and so yeah. Definitely. Solutions only. That's what I'm talking about. Solutions. Solutions. So besides journalism, what are some of your other hobbies? So I've read that you like to sing and just engage in all things artistic. Oh, yes. I love all things artistic. So um, because of my uh, connection to media, I've been able to um, go to a lot of free shows at the Denver Center for Performing Arts. So I try to get to at least one musical um, a month if I can. Um, I'm always hitting up the the art museum. <clears throat> Anything that's artistic, I'm down for. Uh, I mentioned before we started that I also like to sing. I sing in church, so that's just something that kind of gets my creative juices. Sing some. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> <You got> to- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm into all things art. I actually saw uh, Chicago the musical last okay. week, which was interesting. Um, I'm always looking at diversity in those spaces too. I saw Chirac. Um, Is it like that? That's a- yeah, that's <laughs> the worst musical not, in life. It's not. <laughs> was Chirac a musical? I think it was. Without that music. movie was Cannon? trash. It was did you trash. like that movie? I think it was a long poem because everything rhymes. <laughs> I did not like that movie. It oh, took me really? like to the end of the movie to realize, yo, everything rhymes. Go back and watch it. it. No, don't to, go back and watch the shit. But, <laughs> I need to watch it. Again. Yeah. Yeah. support black movies. Don't I'm sorry. Chirac. Okay. No, I'm sorry. It just wasn't a good film. Support good black. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you ever see yourself in a musical? Do you want to do that? Ooh, no one's ever asked. Put it that. out there now. But I could so do that. Um, if anybody is looking for, also, I'm looking to be a backup singer. If anybody needs that, like, I'm all down for all that. Okay, Any type okay. of performance stuff. Right. Speaking of music, uh, T Pain. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> John Ainge. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about it. <laughs> Ruining our childhood songs. Why would he do that? Why like, do that to us, y'all? So what, what are we? What are we talking about? So we're, we're talking, talking about, about buy you a drink, mm-hmm. buy you a drink. <laughs> yeah, 
and that part where it's like I'm, I'm gonna buy you a drink, and we all thought it was oh we I'm gonna take you home you with see, me. You can right. sing it, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you a drink. But he said, <laughs> but I'm gonna take you home with yeah, but the niggas not saying. <laughs> He said, he said, he said, he said, he said and then. And Wait, then. how does it, okay, what is, how does it sound like if you say, and then? Well, I don't see. know, and that's what's bugging me out. Even when I listen to it, I'm like, whoa, that is what he's saying. I don't know how to say it like that, though. Let me see if I can find it. I don't know how much of it oh, we, can, we, can, we can play. I got it. <laughs> but. This music does not belong to us <laughs> for copyright <laughs> reasons. <laughs> he's saying, oh, we in my head. Yeah. Yeah, just keep talking. I'm gonna find. So, it. do you like if you come across a song and you real like you finally see the words? Do you try to change the words to match what, or you just keep singing the wrong? I words? keep singing the wrong words, but mentally it's like I'm not saying the right words. Right. <laughs> hey. Let's see. Wait, okay. Let's skip ahead. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. He got a lot of Louis in there though. Oh. That was uh, it. Uh, it's after the buy you a drink part. Okay. Man, how much of this can we play without <laughs> just, just play that part, man? <laughs> we already did. Oh, see, he is. Oh, damn, she's too much just for you. What's wrong with us, man? Why we all? That's the Mandela effect. Why we all think y'all know the Mandela effect is? No, what's that? You got the school, school me, brother. Come on, brothers and sisters. Google, I need the Google. Teachable moment. All right, so. Check this out, I'm going to blow your mind. So it's called the Mandela Effect, right? Because it's when a situation happens that everyone swears happened, but it did not happen. But since you believe it's real, you can't unbelieve that it didn't happen. Mm. And they call it the Mandela Effect because... We believe that Mandela went to prison, but he really didn't? No. Close. But a mass majority of the world (laughs) remembers Mandela dying in prison in the 90s. Like, you ask somebody and they'll tell you the story. Yeah. Like, the, it was on the news. It was all kind of a big story. So, it was fake news before fake news was a thing. Right. Oh. But mentally, a lot of people didn't realize that that didn't really happen. And so, people Sorry. thought Mandela died back then. And so, it's called a Mandela effect. What happened when he just died? Example, though. <laughs> right. So, now it's like, well, so, fuck, he was already okay. dead. Okay. But, like, if you look it up online, there's, like, conspiracy theorists that, like, really have an explanation for that. They're saying, like, it's when you're living in a parallel universe. Like something happened in history, history to change the future on some butterfly effect oh. type shit. What? Yeah, it's like it. Get, the rabbit hole gets it. deep. Yo, look it up, Mandela the, effect. The Mandela effect. But example of that, and it's about to bug y'all out. So you know the Bernstein Bears. Bernstein mm-hmm. Bears. Mm-hmm. Yes. How how do you spell Bernstein, you guys? <laughs> you know, I'm isn't it? Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the Steen part at the end. How you spell? S T E I N. Word. That's what everybody thinks. We're wrong. It's S T A I N. What? Yes. Google. But when you Google and you go look at a book, you're like, oh shit. But in your brain, you've always, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. I'm going to start using that. Berenstain. I like that. Because we ain't ever calling no damn Berenstain. Bernstein? Bernstein bears. We we left out a whole lot of Mandela effect. And and Bernstein. (laughs) It was like. Get up on! I'll put y'all up on something. I like that. Yeah, it's trippy though. Like, but if you really look into it, like people got like real thesis about why this happens. Like, somebody Mm -hmm. stepped on a butterfly and it changed history, and some of us still remember the way things used to be. Type shit. I mean, I have heard of false memory syndrome, Mm. 
where you just have these memories that did not happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there was um, like this documentary that was talking about this uh, this girl who, um, as a child, she was like sexually assaulted by like her uncle or someone that was really close mm-hmm. to her, and had like testified and everything. And so she truly and, believed and, it happened, but it didn't happen. She mm-hmm. had a false memory of it happening, and I think it was because when she went to go see like a psychiatrist, and just t- just talking with her uh, psychiatrist was basically making her remember a an alternate version of hypnosis. Mm. I don't even think it was hypnosis. I think it was just you know when you talk about things with people and then you start remembering but then it may not have been yeah. what had actually happened. Yeah. Mm. It's like nobody believes me when I told him I kicked Chuck, Chuck Norris. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. And I they were like, man, you just making up. You've you been saying it so long, you believe it's true. I kicked Chuck Norris. Because at the end of the I'm day, what are, what are memories for real? It's just it's thoughts. We're getting trippy, man. We ain't even high. Oh, I know. What are memories for real? I don't know. It's something that you just think you know. You think you know. So if you think you know something and you truly believe in your heart, you know it. Is it the truth? Mm-hmm. This makes me feel a lot better about forgetting a lot of things that mm. I forgetting most of my childhood hmm. you don't remember your childhood not a lot of it i don't remember a lot of my life just because really? yeah i drink a lot okay a lot so smoked a lot when i was like in high school no that'll do it yeah so i forgot about a lot of stuff my friends will be like don't you remember this happening i'm like i literally don't remember that happening or that you person. fried your brain cells craig so early on so you're okay with not remembering your childhood or yeah, is it... totally fine with that. Okay. Is this the therapeutic yeah. moment we're about to have? Oh. I'll try not to cry. You guys got some tissues? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> you do? I, yeah. I mean, lot. I remember some of it. A lot but... of Sega. Yeah. I don't remember turning 17. And I told my mom about that. I was like, do we have a 17th birthday? And then she don't remember that shit either. So I don't think I ever officially turned 17, which is why I still <laughs> think I'm 29. <clears throat> you know, school helped me remember... <laughs> I don't know where any of this is going, but school helped me. Food, I know, right? I didn't, you know, like <laughs> we just we just talking about we just talking. Right. School helped me remember a lot of my childhood because there was always just something that just happened every year, or I remember <laughs> each 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 teacher mm-hmm. each year. So I remember that, but after like, no, no, I still remember. But while we're on memories, <laughs> what's one of your most memorable moments so far in your industry? <sighs> was it the Emmy? Yes, actually. Did you go to the award show? I did. Um, and so they have a local, Flex. but they have, you know, a local, a regional awards or whatever. Okay. Um, and I actually remember sitting there, like, trying to talk myself out of it because I didn't want to be, I tried to talk myself out of the fact that I could potentially win because I wanted to set myself up in case we didn't. Yeah. And I was, like, telling the person next to me, like, I already know we're not. We were actually up for two Emmys. Ooh. And I was like, I know I'm not going to. We're not going to win. And they called her name. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. That's tight. Yeah, it was awesome. It's pretty dope. That's tight. But it's, I mean, it's an Emmy, but I'm more, I would prefer that people recognize me for the work and the impact that I have in the community versus stuff right. like that. Because that's not, that's not real. I mean, it's just. Right. Yeah. So do you feel like you need to, or would you like to be more of a physical face on the work that you put together? You know what I mean? More so than behind the scenes. Well, I still have opportunities to do that. Um, so not necessarily. I 
I actually, so I have two shows um, that I produce for PBS. One of them's um, called Glimpse that's going to um, start airing in January. Mm-hmm. I actually interviewed John McCaskill of Megafauna for that. Oh, shout out to hey. Megafauna. <laughs> <laughs> um, out here. <laughs> and, yeah, so that and then another series I have called The New Black Experience. So I'm able to you hey, know, yo, kind of put my face out there. The New Black Experience is dope. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be shooting some more episodes of that in January for release in February. So. Wow, wow. Ooh, do we want to talk about the uh, the tax bill that was recently passed? Or I have no clue. Yeah. I'm be honest, man. I'm not anything I'm, about it. I'm I'm it. I unfortunately haven't done enough research um, yet to yeah. even speak intelligently about it. Guess what? No one's done any research <laughs> on this tax bill. So how the hell and did it's it pass? Got to go to the president's desk. All, That's we crazy. Is, all we know is that it's 500 pages. Mm. Up. Who knows what they put Passed in there. overnight. Not even five. It's, it's 500 pages with written down revisions on it. Mm. So, and some of that shit's written in cursive, so some people couldn't even read it. <laughs> people born after a certain what, year. Is this what we've become? Is this America? You know what I mean? Like, is this what we're doing now? It's just whatever. It's a free-for-all in the White House. And the uh, I think the Democrats I mean, had filed a motion for, like, recess or, or something to extend the time to be able to... Um, just look over everything, and they denied it. Several Congress people like streamed themselves live, wow. trying to read it during the recess, and didn't have enough time to read it. Mm. Wow! And they still voted on and it. They still voted on it. Still yeah, they, passed it. They had like an hour to read it. They're gonna do five regardless. Okay. I mean, to be honest, like that's kind of the least of our worries. In that, uh, well, I guess I'm more so concerned about um, the imminent war. Yeah, 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 I mean. It's imminent at this point. Yeah, if we want to go to that extreme. Sorry, okay. <laughs> no, you're right, though. Sorry. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be I'm saying, up. like, that's one of the things that I'm yeah. more concerned about. Like, I keep getting these notifications from the Washington Post and just, you know, knowing that a bomb can reach, a missile can reach over here. It's kind of crazy. And this is, like, the time when it probably could definitely happen because our president is, like... Yeah. My only thing with that, man, like the only hope I have for humanity in that regard is that we got a hell of an army. Now, if we just get blasted out of nowhere, that's one thing. But I just, I'm trying to leave hope in the fact that we got a military for a reason. But aside from that, yeah. What if you get drafted? Fuck, I won't get drafted. You can't? I mean, I'm not going to jail. I mean, I'll go to jail Uh, before before I go to jail. Before you get drafted? I mean, even though I want to see all my friends. Yeah, remember that movie? I was like, what is that? <laughs> Take me to jail. <laughs> oh, no, fuck that. I, ain't, right. I mean, shouts to our troops, but I'm I'm not with the shits. Right. And I would hate to see them drop a bomb on our most coveted city, uh, Toledo, Ohio. That would be crazy. <laughs> if they drop it there. That, that would totally impact our That's all our listeners overseas. Don't be listening to the shit we'd be talking <laughs> about. Like, what Just, is happening right now? Let's pass that out. What about internet? That'll, that'll cripple us. If they what about something really serious, guys? Okay. <clears throat> internet. What's the word? Neutrality. Oh, net neutrality. Oh, net crap. neutrality. Okay. <sighs> Why? Oh my gosh. So it's can all you, going can you guys put, put me up on game? Because uh, I haven't yeah. researched it yet either. So the um, uh, Congress repealed the net neutrality act, mm-hmm. and net neutrality is what basically allows um, ISPs to uh, internet service providers, guys. Yeah, stream so. to I guess stream or, all, or funnel all of the bandwidth mm-hmm. e- e- equally. Right. So, like, whether it's, it's whether it's social media, whether it's um, 
whether it's streaming services like Netflix or Hulu, whether it's... They all get an equal portion. Yeah. yeah. Like, even, like, if I wanted to start a website, we all get the same amount, but right. then they're going to change it. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what we could potentially be looking at is having an internet package based on what you need it for. So having an internet package for streaming music or for Netflix or for social media or for certain websites... And, and the the potential downfall of that is that some people, whoever has the whatever companies have more money, will obviously get more exposure, mm-hmm. than, and they control the internet basically. Yeah. So once the government and major media purchases everything, and you have to get this package that we can't afford, then they control what we see via internet, oh. which they already do, but they, they can, blatantly do it, and they can toggle the internet speed. So if you have Netflix, so maybe your internet speed is going to be slower than if you're streaming CNBC. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's totally a the way we consume us. internet and consume mm-hmm. media. Because I don't even at this point, I'm not really even watching TV at all. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just getting all my stuff online. So I I look at it as a way to put a a threshold on social media because right now social media is the voice mm. of our generation mm-hmm. and we Absolutely. really make a difference mm-hmm. via social media mm-hmm. so once they can cap that some kind of way like they know my big mouth ass can't afford this package so I gotta chill on my bandwidth mm, that's crazy <laughs> it's crazy man you have to choose between Facebook and Twitter it's, they gonna shut it all down but it's all gonna be in the same package all right, you give <laughs> Facebook, Twitter and right. Instagram or, or you, you choose between YouTube or Netflix see Man, YouTube. They trying to hate on us, man. Our numbers is going up. They just don't fuck with our numbers, man. Let's get a nice life is dope package. That's all you need in your life. You have to choose between email and <laughs> regular mail. <Group> chat. <laughs> right? Hashtag first world problems. Oh, shit, America's depressing. What, what's what's happy? Problems? Let's talk some happy stuff. Real, but real quick, this is fun. why this is why voting matters. It does. So it doesn't matter if you didn't if you don't care about Hillary or if you don't care about Trump or you're just like, you know, I'm not going to vote. No, mm. Voting matters. No. This is why. This is why, but fuck them. Um, <laughs> I think locally <laughs> and community-based voting matters way oh, more. Oh, for sure. Extremely. That's you could right speak there. on that part of it. Yeah, so um, it's interesting, actually. Uh, I know I have a friend who, um, I can't remember... The Colorado criminal justice reform, they just did this huge effort to um, increase um, voter uh, turnout in black communities, well, specifically for blacks in Aurora. And it truly made a difference because, you know, a lot of people just were like not vote. They already weren't voting anyway, um, but they just really stopped voting, especially during the presidential election. I think it's super important, like the, you know, voting for even city city council folks and Mm -hmm. um our senators who have been, you know, can I'm not sure what the term limits are for them, but they can be in office for Forever, decades. Yeah. Um, and we should definitely be paying attention to that. Actually, produce a show for PBS called Colorado Decides, mm-hmm. um, where we do um, debates. So we'll do the gubernatorial debate. We'll do the debates for the major um, Senate districts and um, stuff like that. Because, and it's easy to. I mean, you could you could. It's easy to get involved. It's not hard. It's like super simple. They've made it so easy. You can literally like you know, get your stuff to come to you in the house. That's true. Like, but I feel a type of way about those things because like. I really want to be more involved and educated in politics than I am. Mm-hmm. However, I find it hard to, it, it's not engaging to me the mm-hmm. way I want it to be. So, like, mm-hmm. when I see all these signs about, you know, like, 
city councilmen and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know who these people right. are. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have to take it upon myself to do the research, right. which isn't a bad thing. But it's like, there's ways to get more involved and be more attractive to this generation. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, like when um, Diddy did the, the Vote or Die, vote or die and right. then you got, like, Rock the Vote, and you got you got all that type of stuff. And we, <laughs> young people and, then, and black people, we see that, and in the hip-hop culture, we're like, oh, shit, we're going to vote for whoever's rocking that way. Right, right. So locally, it's like, why don't these figures get a little more involved in the actual culture if mm-hmm. they want to steer us that way? Because, like... I mean, they don't really need us. Yeah. They got enough votes. Well, see, that's the problem. <laughs> but I would challenge you gentlemen mm-hmm. to create a space where um, some candidates can maybe come through and talk. Because you have... Oh, it's open. Like a super, is open. You know, you have a super um, vast voice and um, vast reach. Um, I mean, I would challenge you guys to yeah. maybe possibly do something like that. Like politicians pull politics, up on us. You know what pull I'm saying? Pull up on us, man. Because there, there's people out there like me. Um, I want to make a difference. But it's like, you got this many judges Mm -hmm. you got this many like all these people do these things and i don't know this person like who are you like i get what you stand for and all that but if you come and sit like how you're sitting right Mm -hmm. here or if i see you doing interviews or i see you physically in the community Mm -hmm. then i'm more apt to give you my vote not that you need it Mm -hmm. but now i gave you my vote and now that's another minority that's involved and i'm gonna push other people so i don't know well the cool thing um especially in in denver I don't know if you guys are familiar, but there's um, a group of folks called the Historic Eight, and um, it's comprised, I can't think of everyone's name right now, uh, Representative Javon Melton, Representative James Coleman, Senator Angela Williams, Senator Rhonda Fields, and Senator, or I think he's a representative, Tony Exum. Okay. And these uh, folks are the, um, it's like the first time that there's been that many black legislators um, in the House and Senate at a time. Um, and they do a lot of outreach into, in the community. I think it's more so like we have to go um, and search for them. The legislative session is getting ready to start. Um, it starts, I believe, like January 11th and it goes through May. And so I think I understand what you're saying in terms of, you know, they're not necessarily appealing to me or they're not coming to me or I just don't feel like I know these folks, but it is our responsibility to to educate ourselves. The problem is like, I don't know if, you know, folks were paying attention, but amendment T that um, didn't pass was um, this clause in that's currently in the Colorado constitution Mm -hmm. that says that slavery Mm -hmm. is still legal um, as long as um, it's for punishment for a crime. Now the way that that was written it was super confusing. Of course, I mean, a lot of these are written pretty weird because they're written by lawyers. So it's not like necessarily meant for everyday people to understand these. Um, but that's something, I mean, we had an opportunity right there and we failed that. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, I think it just barely passed, but a lot of people um, didn't necessarily understand. They didn't take the time to read it. And then the folks who were putting forth the amendment didn't really have the money to um, promote it like they should have. But we should be paying attention, which I think this is kind of where I take responsibility because I was even, you know, thinking like I should have done, you know, yeah. more to educate people. I don't know how much that would have made a difference, but um, oh, it'll make a, a vast difference. Yeah, I think I'll be more uh, intentional about that with the upcoming election. I mean, right now, like they're already doing debates and uh, meetups, meet and greets. I mean, we're getting ready to elect a new governor, which is yeah. going to make a huge difference. So yeah. um, this is the time to pay attention because we have a, an election coming up. So. Right. Speaking of slavery, uh, the Libya Whoa. slave trade. Oh, my gosh. Heartbreaking. Yeah, man. Reprehensible, criminal, 
it's crazy. People are getting salt, like they're escaping poverty and violence in their own uh, country and going someplace to escape that and to even work. And they're getting captured. Like literally this is literally slaves. slavery. Like yeah. re- we're watching it happen. And- 2017, 2018. It's scary. And it's crazy because people be like, well, we don't have it as bad as back then. Like, nigga, it's still, it's still happening. Like, literally still slavery. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy because I always think, like, what would happen if, like, America. that was happening yeah. now? Like, if, if somebody just rolled up on you yeah. with some firearms and was like, yo, you about to go here like, right like, now. You about to to work. What are we going to do? Yeah. Especially since we didn't against that right <laughs> literally yo what are we going to do you're selling weed you're my slave now damn and <laughs> it's i mean crazy it's as punishment so they could technically do it Shh. i damn, mean this is somber. it's intense and that's and that's really Word. how it how it got out of control to begin with because at first it was indentured servitude so if you owed if mm. you owed a debt it was it was generally to pay off a debt mm-hmm. or yeah if you got in trouble or committed a crime and then it just became all right, we're going to just capture everybody. Yeah. So it's like, no, we're not going to lock you up and make you go to jail and do that type of slavery. Like, you, you're just really going to be a slave. We're like a sell real you. life slave. Yeah. Like shackles, Like a slave boats. auction? Yeah. Like. Bucket. But see, this is my thing about that. What can we do? And that's the fucked up part. Like, what can anybody do at this point? I mean, it's, it's an international <laughs> issue at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could hashtag pray for... Libya, but <laughs> nah. I mean, like, Ain't no praying though. Stop, stop a slave trade in Libya, or else. Period. We gonna pull up. Yeah, but I mean, it's international. Who we I gonna mean, pull the, up? On? The U.S. isn't gonna intervene. <laughs> like, yeah, is there unless there's some oil out there in Libya or something or some regime that needs to be toppled? Yeah, I don't know, man. The world's crazy. But life is dope. So we're going to go to something happy real quick before we wrap up. Because, okay. god damn it, now my mind hurts. Um, <laughs> no, we ain't going to be no, we ain't gonna nothing happy. <laughs> we're going to we have to, some happy we shit to talk today, about this nigga. article real quick. Is it happy? Which one? Make it happy. No, you this Westwood. About the sex scandal? Say oh, it in Westwood a happy tone. Article. Oh, yeah. Okay, that ain't, that ain't too bad. The member. Is that what it's called? So here's, here's the headline. <laughs> I've seen this dusty-ass article floating across <laughs> Facebook. I think I saw it too. What does it say? It says, claim Denver is USA's worst city for dating because mile high bros are lazy. lazy. First of all, okay. I knocked this microphone over. I hella agree as a woman dating in this uh, city. Wow. So please don't. Like, we could go wow. all day. But before we get into all okay. that, <laughs> the headline of that, mile high bros, that lets you know where it was written from. Because who the fuck says that? Mile high bros. bros. Yeah, that was definitely you not us. Bros. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't say it like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so go ahead and continue. You said it is true. Well, what were you going to say? We're like, trying what? to debunk the myth. Here, I'll read some, uh, some excerpts, okay. excerpts from the uh, article. Denver's the worst city for dating in 2017 because too many mile high city men make little or no effort when it comes to what they're doing, true. Uh, where they're going, true. how they dress, true. speak, yeah. or act. During Jeez. such outings, whoever wrote this was mad at her man. Is it a woman? Is it a woman who wrote it? Uh, uh, Michael Roberts. Oh, so, no. in general, Trust. these in He's general, yeah, in general, these lazy slackers would just as soon hang out with their bros than treat a date than treat a date like she's special. That's uh, hella real. Uh, really? Wow. I don't think so. I'm glad you're I'm not a woman. Problems. Damn. Dating bro, you're not a woman dating mile high bros. But I'm a bro, so I would know. <laughs> <laughs> Bars. So maybe you're an anomaly. Oh, 
shit, this is so weird. So dating in Denver. Wait, is but wasn't last year? Last year in 2016, Denver was rated like the most sexually active mm-hmm. city in yeah. the United States. So y'all well, still fucking either so way. So y'all smashing, but y'all don't well, want to date. That's true, though. Yeah. I don't want to have sex, but well, you know they call the Denver yeah. Menver. Yeah. So there's way more men apparently here than there are women. So I've. My theory, in talking with my lady friends, mm, okay. is that um, men think that they don't have to try hard because there are so many of them and they have more options. Like, mm. And so I think... But, but with that logic... I'm going to let David speak on all of this. I don't, I don't think that that logic would work because if there are more men than women, then that would mean that... Wait, is that what it is? Yes, yeah, I guess so. That men would have to try harder. Oh, no, so it's 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 more women than men? Women. Yeah. There's more women than men, and so then the men don't have yeah. to try harder. Let's look it up okay. and see why do, they, why do they call it menver? <laughs> Kyle Clark, it Kyle like Clark did a... Who, I didn't even hear this, but Kyle to? Clark did a story about this on uh, their show, Next Will Kyle Clark. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But I mean, in dating here, it's kind of hard. Like, dudes don't really try that hard. And they just only want you to come to their house and kick it. I'm like... Because we're the most sexually active. (laughs) That's the reason? I mean, I guess it makes sense. But can we we do something else? There's so many things to do. We got weed and we got smashing, I guess. So here we go. Here's an article written by The Westward. Uh Hey, Denver singles, Menver is a thing. And 19,000 extra dudes are available. So, oh, yeah, so okay. there's more men than women. So maybe, okay, okay my logic doesn't work then. So the women so don't have to try as hard. Because there's there's more men, so they don't have to try as hard because well, they'll just go get another one. So I think my dilemma is if I want to <clears throat> probably have a successful dating life, I'm going to have to date outside my race. That's the problem. Mm. I'm that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I would Let's love Let's dive into that, because that's going to be one of these moments where Facebook goes crazy. chocolate man. Yep. Okay. I would love a beautiful... He doesn't have to be chocolate. He could be caramel, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I would prefer that, definitely. But if I want to be successful in dating, I'm going to have to open up my, I guess, my net. Ooh, it's a hot take. <laughs> I mean, it's just is what it is. So if you want to be and plus, I'm from Denver, so honestly, I know most of the dudes here. And either I've talked to, well, I haven't talked to most of them. But I've talked to some of them. Oh, or, oh, or, or I've talked, or my homegirl has talked to them. Okay. Like so I've had plenty of situations where I was like, oh, I'm talking to this guy. His name is blah blah blah. He's this this and this. And then she's like, oh, I used to talk to him too. And then we have to then we're comparing mm-hmm. stories. So and you then, and your homegirl have talked to most of the guys. <laughs> That's what I heard. I can I retract that. Not Even most of the guys. More men than women. This is interesting. But think about it though. <laughs> that takes us back. To, that takes me back to the statistic that there's only ten percent. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know what a worst population is, but Denver's population. Is okay, only so I get it. It's kind of like what we just said with the clubs. Like, if yeah. you don't want to, if you want to have fun, you got to expand your vision exactly. than more than just the hood clubs. Right. I get you it. Gotta stop talking to the. That's hoodies. a great hot take. Though. And shout out to, to black the women uh, date uh, married yep. white men. And shout out to uh, Meghan Markle. Oh, man, 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 shout man, out man. to Meghan Markle. <laughs> Call Meghan. I see y'all out here. She's winning. What? Yeah. She's about to be oh, royalty. Okay, for the people like me that don't know who that is. Uh, marrying uh, Prince Harry. Okay, you should have said that. So the, the chick that the the sister that married Prince Harry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, they're engaged. I guess she's an actor and she's a philanthropist. So she. I don't know like much. She's of, in love. She's an American. Yeah. She's an American <laughs> actor. <laughs> I mean, Prince Harry's actually kind of cute. I mean, I could see that. 
He's I kind of feel like I need to sit this conversation Fritz. out because whenever we get on racial and dating and whenever we say black women, some kind of way, I get attacked. But we haven't said anything egregious yet. Yeah, I haven't said shit. What are your thoughts? You know, I'm gonna tell you why. Love love is love. I'm gonna tell you why. (laughs) First of all, men, we've tried hard. Okay, we've been trying hard. We've been back. Let's lean back. We've been putting in all the effort. It's a segment we call Davy moment. Talk to. Listen, we've been putting in all the fucking effort. Women, women are so damn spoiled. All y'all have to do is just show up to Epernay. Shout out to Epernay. <laughs> y'all just show up to Epernay. Y'all get in for free. Y'all, first of all, we gotta buy. Men have to buy the VIP tables. Y'all just walk y'all ass up and then just come in VIP and knock, start drinking your drinks. Start drinking the drinks, knocking shit over, dancing. <laughs> Sounds and, accurate. Dancing and acting. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey! Like y'all do all that shit, hey. but we lazy. We didn't put in you all did this. Not even try. We didn't put in, we didn't put in all the this. The scenario work. that you just gave, this you did so not try. Y'all tried less. You didn't even try. You literally just dropped some cash. We set up in that scenario. We set up the woman trap, and all y'all had to do was just walk into it. <laughs> we had to build it. Lazy. We had to buy the trap, build it. When's I was saying I wasn't gonna say that, but he has a point because we had to go to the barbershop, Golly. get our lineup. We got buy an outfit because our we- our dress code is way more strict than women's dress code. Y'all and we have to compete it. with other guys' mm-hmm. uh, women trap, <laughs> <laughs> so we have to buy more bottles. Yeah, but outside of the club situation, outside of that, yeah, we, like we where are you trying? Uh, and everything else. I mean, do you want like specifics or like have you? When's the last date you've gone on? Man, you know that's Actual a great date. question. That's a great question. Graffiti, when's the last date I've gone on, do you think? Don't let me answer the question. <laughs> like, I'd like to know when you've gone on a date, picked a chick up, what's the told her. What's the definition of a date? A date is like, oh, we're intentionally setting a time where we're going to do something together and we're going to be focused on each other during this time. I don't know. I don't want to incriminate myself, but. Mm. Am I answering <laughs> but, but I do. But I do. 2002. Open, I do. When I do. <laughs> Y'all are the worst. That's a safe answer. So when I do uh, go on a date, uh, I pick the uh, lady up. I open her door for her. So sweet. Yeah. He's seeing some smooth R&B in her ear. Do you? Don't do all that crazy shit, no. Check out this new release right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This off my new shit. Hey. (laughs) So you are are a gentleman then? Uh, You know, sometimes I try to be. Um, You know, I'll pay for dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. How many dinners do you pay for before she's supposed to kick in? I don't know. How many? I don't know. I usually wait for, like, about the fifth one until I, like, volunteer to pay. I was going to say day three. Hmm. Is that too soon? The fifth day? Like, I'm saying, how does... The fifth day? You don't know if you want to pay by the fifth day? No. Day three, if you don't like me enough to pay, then... Why... This is the thing. Why is she expected to eventually kick in money anyway? I just do it off a of GP because it's polite. But, like, why do we have to pay? I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. But I feel like we should move on. I just don't. I've been married for way too long to know anything <laughs> y'all talking about. Yeah, so graffiti, <laughs> graffiti, who pays? I mean, when you marry, it's our money. <laughs> right. So, us. <laughs> Producer Julius, who pays? Huh? When, when, should, <laughs> when should the woman start paying on the date? On a date, okay. Um, I said date three. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the guy should always at least offer to pay. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, unless I know you got that bag, then go ahead. 
I mean, yeah, I'm, tacos real quick. I'm gonna always, <laughs> I'm gonna always offer at least, but yeah, by day, but by day three, I'm gonna probably reach for that check kind of slower than. So like, then, you ain't even how are you looking like, at her if she doesn't like pay? No, it doesn't matter. You don't care. I'm not gonna judge her. Okay. I'm just gonna be like, See, from that's why you're lazy. Though, that's right? why you're a lazy <laughs> mile high sis. Right. <laughs> You want to be equal, That's but we can't put in equal amount on this date. Y'all dudes are you know, interesting. I don't even think we clarified with you. So how are mile high bros lazy in your experience? Well, kind of how I noted earlier, I just feel like there's no real effort made. And literally. What does that look like? <clears throat> it, looks like it looks like, hey, those are the text messages I'm getting. Hey. All right, cool. How's it going? Like, I'm responding, trying to be cool. That's because when guys send the text message, good morning, beautiful, good morning, Apple. Like, this I just want to tell you, <laughs> I was thinking about you. Uh, Some- I was thinking about you all night. And then it's red at 7, <laughs> 7 a.m. That's what we get back. That's what we get back. So we just- I think it's not like that with all women, I'm sure. And I'm sure, like, all mile-high no. bros aren't lazy. But I am getting, like, lazy effort. And, yeah, just, like... So maybe it's me. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only woman experiencing this. I'm the only female here, so I can't. Speak I mean, you're not the only one. If it's we're tired of getting, <laughs> you're tired of getting red at 9 a.m. So we just sit back. Hey, is that it? Up? But what about an effort for like to actually get to know someone versus just like literally just come kick it with me at my like house? Like just kick it with me at my house? Here's the problem. Like what? Here's That's wack. That's corny, yo. I'm gonna give y'all the motherfucking hot take. Oh, here's the problem. <laughs> Y'all want us, as men, to put in all this effort, but y'all are fucking a nigga that has put in little effort. Little to no effort. So we taking you out on dates, we we dropping all this bread, we giving y'all gifts, we taking y'all to the damn Butterfly Pavilion, the Colorado (laughs) Symphony, and then y'all fucking the hood nigga down the street. On the side? Y'all get... I can't. Because we already know women are getting women don't women are getting dick on the side until they transition into that serious relationship. Mm. So y'all already fucking the nigga. But aren't y'all doing that too? No, absolutely not. So what? So okay, wait. So you're you're (laughs) dropping all the other chicks and you're only exclusively being with this one person while you guys are dating. You know, I can only speak for myself and all the other good brothers like myself. Mm, Amen. I can't. I can't speak to everyone else. Mm. But yeah. Oh well, like I said <laughs> earlier. <laughs> you that shit. Oh well, actually, I, I mean, that, if that if that, that is, I mean, <laughs> I don't do that, but that's nice. Well, no, that I'm, sounds great. no, I'm saying if that's true, then you're an anomaly, and I respect that, and I hope that there are more men like you floating not, around. Oh, not man. an anomaly. There's plenty of guys like myself. We just. We just on red. We just left on red. The left on That's red. That's so sad. So ladies, I feel bad. So ladies, if you feel like men in Denver aren't trying hard enough, just go back through your text message. Reply to one of those messages that you left on red. That's the dude that's trying. <laughs> and so like okay. you need to make an quit, album called Left on Red. We're trying, to, we're trying to hold conversations with the nigga that just sent it. Hey, mm, sup? Keep it all the way real. Reply to that paragraph uh, text that, message. That nigga. thirsty nigga might be the one. Oh, okay. I'll go back to my phone. Yeah. See, you're right. We resolve was, these relationship the issues. Yeah. Thank you. That was a hot take. Give right. the thirsty nigga a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Give the nigga some water. Give the thirsty nigga some water. Yo, there we go. Why he thirsty. There you go. Give the thirsty nigga some water. That's some fire. That's a fucking hilarious. bar. Hilarious. Oh god. You wouldn't be that thirsty so if y'all ate a nigga. Yeah, 
That's oh hilarious. man. Anyways, mm. we we have fun Sorry, with you. I, lost my, lost my <laughs> I feel like I feel like we went over and everything. Our producer just went uh, Chipotle. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'm good. So <laughs> uh, it's like y'all buggy, bro. All right, so so final question for you. One piece of advice, knowledge, love that you will leave with the world, what would that be? To stay true to thine own self and to, um, I think not enough people um, listen to their gut and listen to their instincts. So I would always tell people to do that and um, to know that your life and the things that you've experienced is not just for you, but it's to help someone else. Wow. Nice. So as far as uh, social media, how can people follow you and get in contact with you? Well, on Facebook, you can find me at Gabrielle Bryant, uh, multimedia journalist. On Instagram, it's Gift of Gab. Instagram and Twitter is Gift of Gab. That's G-Y-F-T-O-F-G-A-B-B. You can also find me on my new website. Oh, what's the new website? Gabby'sWorldMedia.com. Oh, sounds lit. Exquisite. Sounds very dope ish. All right, we had a good time with you. Let's make wait, some wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, Okay. Any other events? Anything else coming up that you'd like to plug? Coming up. Well, I think look out for my new show, Glimpse, that's coming um, to PBS in January. Um, and then the New Black Experience, like I mentioned before, will be coming back to PBS in February. So that's, that's what I have coming up. Cool. So, man, we enjoyed kicking it with you. That was a good time. Let's give it up for Gary O'Brien. Hey. Thank you so much. Life is Dope Podcast. I'm Graffiti. And I'm David. This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue. Followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. (sighs) Sprite. Thirst for yours. This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue. Followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. (sighs) Sprite. Thirst for yours.